Okay, welcome everyone. And we are here today uh, in the month of May. We're going to be discussing the mental health and emotional well-being. And today we have a very distinguished guest that's going to lead us uh, into uh, having this uh, discussion and then find ways to deal and cope with this very, very important issue. We are going to be joined with uh, Ms. Sharon Nettinger. She is the Interim Chair of Business Communication Humanity Psychology Department. With a desire to help others become better versions of themselves, Sharon began her career in mental health. After earning a master's degree in psychology and management, Sharon worked in the field of training and development, where she developed seminars and classes that combined book knowledge with real-life solutions. Currently, Sharon is the interim chair for the Business, Communication, Humanity, Psychology, Philosophy, Speech, and Spanish Department at Northeast Lakeview College. Welcome on board, Ms. Sharon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, we, we are obviously, uh, the month of May is the mental awareness, uh, health, and emotional well-being. So we're going to just shed the light on what is that encapsulate and then have your take on how to cope with what, what are, how we got here and then talk about some of the symptoms that, uh, that uh, lead to uh, mental health and emotional well-being. Okay. Yeah. Um, May is an important month because what we're looking at is trying to break some stigma around mental health and well-being and also the ability to say, hey, I might need some help here. I'm struggling a bit. And so I think the more that we can talk about it openly, that people can share their experiences, uh, what they've struggled with, I think is a really positive thing. Um, just like you go in for physical checkup, you know, and your physical well-being, you want to have mental well-being as well. And and my take on this is you, looking at your emotions, your emotional well-being of how you can best interact with the world so that you can present your best self. And, and all of that is saying, what are the emotions that you're feeling? What has life experiences been for you? And how can we help you and help yourself um, manage these better? Okay, thank you. Um, there's one classic question a lot of people you know, talk about, what are some of the classic symptoms that, that comes with shedding the light on this issue? What, what are some of the symptoms that we, we have to be watching for? Well, the, the one thing that I, that I kind of want to differentiate is when, when people talk about mental health, what you're looking at is, you know, how is your anxiety? How is your depression? You know, how are you adjusting to those um, life events? And, you know, you can successfully kind of manage your world, but maybe not be your healthiness. You know, it, mental illness itself and a diagnosis kind of on the continuum of a, a cold. You can have a common cold and you can have the sniffles and then it can progress or it can, you could experience the flu. It's the same type of thing with mental health. You can have, you know, I have a little discomfort. I have little, you know, could kind of um, take better care of myself or, or there might be I need to have some clear treatment that's going involved here. So. Um, looking at what, what I would like to kind of talk about today is how do we make certain that um, given the, the events in the world and you know, with COVID happening and um, anxiety is kind of running high, um, how can we be aware of when anxiety or stress, when, when it becomes more, when it becomes something to kind of um, – 
be aware of that, that, that that's what's happening with you and what are some steps that you can take to kind of feel better. Kind of like overwhelming circumstances. Right, right. Okay. So, so if we look at, if I could kind of break it down, is of looking at stress, right? If you kind of see what stress is, you know, like, yep, I suffer from stress. And then you go, you know, I deal with stress a certain way. And then say, okay, when is it burnout? And you're like, oh, I am kind of burned out, you know? Um, and, and so I kind of want to unpack that a little bit, you know? So if we take a look at, at stress itself, you know, and there's the sales general adaptation of, of stress, or adapt, um, of what, what happens. So a lot of times what people will um, occur is a stressful event happens and you kind of freeze. You know, if, if we go back to COVID land, right? We were all going home for spring break and we were gonna, it's gonna stop the world for a little bit and, and we're gonna hang out there and you're like, okay. And then we want, we've got to do something. Okay. Right? And there's that famous word, we're gonna pivot. And, and everybody pivoted and shifted and you went, okay, I'm, I'm remote now. I'm in Zoom. I don't even know what Zoom is, you know, and, and, and you're kind of like, okay, what, what's happening? I can get this done. I can change the way that I approach life. I can change the way that I'm a student. I can change the way that I learn. And we go into kind of this resistance. You know, I can work with my kids at home. I can drop down instead of being a full-time student. I can drop down to a part-time student, and and I can get this done. I can I can work. I can wait to do my papers while my kids are taking classes. I can on the computer. So you're pushing through this. You're resisting, and it gets to a point of after the resistance, you hit exhaustion, okay. and that's what you're looking at with stress. We're not built to live at a state of resistance. That is unhealthy, okay. right? And, and this is why when people say, well, I'm so stressed out, I can't sleep at night, right? Because what our body knows is I'm in danger. Something's out there, something's lurking. I've got to keep my resistance up. Um, people might find when they're stressed, they eat more, right? Yeah. And, like, and that's all part of um, human nature of what we do. Okay. But we're not meant to stay there. Okay. Now let me, let me just kind of uh, talk about this, and you and I we can relate to this, and along with um, other faculties and different professions as well. It seems like as of late, the environment that we are living under, uh, it's like the mitigating circumstances that we we live under, like COVID and everything else. Uh, from my perspective, as someone who works with students a lot, it seems like the mental health issues or emotional well-being, it's becoming more on the surface a lot more than it was three, four, five, six years ago. Um, so, so I want you to kind of, if you can, shed the light on the, the, the life of the environment, the type of life, the fast paced life that we're living in and then the COVID and then a Zoom and not Zoom and not, we lost that touch uh, coming to class and everything else. And how has that contributed if it did in any way to this issue that we have with emotional well-being? Yeah, and I think what happened is, as I said, with, with this, what stress is, right? You have this point of um, resistance that you're trying to break through, and then it leads to exhaustion. We haven't had a point where we can relax. We haven't had a point where we can kind of let our guard down, you know. And just when we think that things are going okay, right, another variant would pop up, you know. Just when we're saying, okay, we're going to return to the classroom, something else would pop up, and we're like, nope, we're zoom again. And so this this push, we never got reprieve from it. 
And so um, people, you'll hear people say, I'm, I'm just, I'm burnt out. I, I, I don't have anything left to give. And what burnout is in a, an extension of stress when stress doesn't get, get that relief. And, and that's what you're, you're feeling is that the inconsistencies coming into play, this constant state of fear of um, I'm going to get sick. I'm going to get sick. I'm going to make my grandparents sick. You know, I'm, I'm going to go out. I want to have fun with my friends and I want to eat in a restaurant. But what if I get exposed? And so that constant state of alertness is exhausting. You know, now bring in, you know, the events of what just happened, um, you know, with the shooting in Texas. And all of a sudden it's like, here's an additional fear, <laughs> an additional danger that's out there. And, and now you've really kind of um, the perfect storm of people just saying, it, it's too much. Okay. Now, now, just like dealing with this, just like any other um, health issue, there's a lot of times you, you deal with the symptoms of the problem. Sometimes you want to deal with the problems before it actually takes place. You know, how can we, how can we avoid burnout? You know, because a lot of times I, that actually impacts from our perspective, students and faculty alike. And I have this discussion with, with many people, you know, in the, uh, uh, in, at school and elsewhere who are in the same field and different fields even. Um, they are impacted the same way. I, is, there, is there a mechanism and ways to avoid or to kind of manage, not get to being burned out? And then if you do, what can we do when we get burned out? Yeah. Well, yep. And to take that a step back to kind of understand what burnout is. So okay. according to the World Health Organization, it's um, a syndrome that's conceptualized as resulting chronic stress that has not been successfully managed. So we can't make stress go away, but we can figure out ways to manage it. So if you're like, okay, this has been going on for so long. Now that's when you move into to what we mean by, by burnout. Some symptoms of this, what you're looking for is if somebody's depleted, they're exhausted, um, they have no energy left to give. Um, it's a list to even do the reading for class. It's a list to even, sometimes even attend class. Um, and, and then when they are in class as a student, what you might feel is just some distance, some disconnect. You know, that's another symptom of burnout, of just, um, or being really cynical, just sitting in class going, I don't even, why do I even need to learn this information? This is pointless. Don't you understand what's happening right outside my door? And you want me to learn about some Greek philosophy? You know, and they're just like, you know, so that, that disconnect, that dis, um, that distancing that happens. Yes. Um, with with that very similar, another symptom is just the negativity. Right. Um, you know, school used to please, believe it or not, you know, but some people not, might believe it, but school is a very positive place. You know, a right. campus is, should be full of energy and sure. um, optimism. And what you'll find is a symptom of burnout is just negativity, a negativity of um, there's no joy. Right. Yeah. And then also wow. b b before, prior to COVID, I mean, obviously um, we had like some online, you know, teaching and everything else, but predominantly we were like focusing on the face-to-face -face environment. And then we did that when we had to deal with COVID and everything was switched to Zoom and then synchronous and asynchronous learning. 
we kind of got burned out by just by going through the motions of it. Right. So I'm talking about me personally and other faculty that I've had a lot of discussions with as, as you as well, is when we went back to the classroom, things did not, we did not resume things as they were prior to COVID. Right. So a lot of times I feel like the pain, the students are not as enthusiastic as being in class, even though they were complaining, oh, we need, we need to be, we need to be, get back to class. We need to have that face-to-face uh, yep. -face environment. Every time we had a chance to, to, to do a Zoom or something, they jumped at it. And then it was not, the classroom environment was not as conducive to learning yep. as it once was prior to COVID. Right. And I, I felt it like it, it, it was it was kind of like really very distressful, mm -hmm. um, very stressful in, from that regard on the students and the faculty alike. And yeah. I, I noticed that it was very tangible. You cannot really escape that. Yeah. So so that's 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 what I just had to say about that. Yeah. And and just, I'm just going to jump in with what, what you're saying already, too, is an, another symptom of burnout is lack of self-efficacy. And self-efficacy is the belief that you can make a difference that your actions can result in a changed outcome. And, and how many times faculty you know, would say, it's just, I'm not making an impact. You know, class, the lectures just aren't hitting the students the same way that they have in the past. You know, and students walking out of a class just going, you know, I'm just going through the motions here. I, I have no idea of when I'm gonna graduate. I have no idea you know, if I can even finish out the semester, because I have no idea what COVID is going to do. And so this, this kind of shadow and this heaviness kind of draped through the classroom of, it doesn't matter what I do anyway, so why should I even do it? You know, so a learned helplessness. So it, it sounds like what we're talking about is depression, but it's it, it different. You know, depression can have other nuances that come to it. And this is, again, you're looking at mental health. You know, mental health can be this entire gamut. So people can say, I'm burned out. I just don't have the energy to get forward. If you can say, because I've been pushing this uphill for so long, whereas the depression, there might be other nuances that are happening there. And, and that would require um, working with a therapist or possible medication. So I'm focusing more on the burnout component of it because there are tools that we can put in place that you can put in your place um, today and activate today to help you self-help yourself to get to the next level or to get out of this place. Yeah. I have one last question or segment in this first segment that we're gonna come back for a second segment. We'll take a little break and come back. Um, but let me ask you this question and see what we could do about this. Some some different topics like we can you can you teach psychology I teach political science so we can always find a way to relate to the outside world into the real world yeah. and I've had discussions with other faculties who teach different things maybe they cannot really put a hands on and really make a make that direct relationship that's germane to what's really going on outside like for instance uh, in my classes I we talk about the current events so if there's a shooting or there's something going on. Um, same-sex marriage, all that controversial issues, we can relate it to the class and we can capture the imagination of the students. But some other faculty members who teach stuff that really does not really encapsulate what goes on outside the classroom. Uh, I think the level of frustration that they may feel and the level of disconnect with their students might be a lot higher mm -hmm. than having uh, that from other disciplines. So what can we do to... to, to um, um, alleviate those issues and, and to deal with those issues. Yeah, well, I'm 
two kind of prong answer. Um, what you might find also with when you're talking about current events and when you're talking about real life situations, you might find that a student does not want to engage in that conversation because it, it's um, there's a, there's um, a hesitancy because they don't want to offend, they don't want to create to get an argument, and so you might find a student that disengages because they're like, I'm not touching that topic. So you have that element going on in the classroom also. Um, as far as those those um, topics that don't seem directly applicable to current moment, my big suggestion is to give the the um, um, as much to the student to do and to remove yourself from it. Um, our phones can become a best teacher. And so our, if the answers are in the phone, then change your perception of how what teaching looks like. So you're, you're teaching not skills, but you're teaching skill sets that the student can then directly um, get their hands on to participate in, so it, it's a it's a huge paradigm shift. Of um, lecture doesn't mean I've taught. <laughs> lecture means that you've spoken the words. So to to really approach your topic differently, um, I would recommend if this were somebody that you were hiring for your place of employment in math, what would their day to day job look like? And give that skill set. That's what your your classroom then starts to look like. Okay, wonderful. Well, that concludes our first segment. Uh, thank you, Ms. Sharon, for all those wonderful you know tips and um, shedding the light on the, this very very important issue. Uh, stay tuned, and we'll be back. We'll be back very very soon. Thank you. And we are back. Welcome to Polytalk EDU. And then we are uh, joined with Mr. Sharon Mittinger. And then uh, right now, this is the second segment and the final segment of today's episode, which is emotional well-being and mental health issues. Uh, we are going to just focus this segment on where do we go from here? What can we do about all those things that's happening around us? Where do we go from here, Ms. Sharon? Yeah. So we were talking about with burnout and you know, just, again, to differentiate Burnout is different than depression. The symptoms might kind of feel the same, but but they are different. And so with, as I said, with with burnout, you're, you've been in a stressful situation. You've been trying to manage and cope with it for so long, and you've just gotten to the point where you're just like, I can't make a difference in my world at all. And there's this like strong disconnect with things. And so, um, there are things that you can do to bring passion back. And I use that word, you know, to bring a, a sense of joy, a sense of curiosity, a sense of um, excitement that I think we've lost, you know, both from the faculty as well as the student that you're looking at these things and you're just like, I don't, I'm just going through the motions and, and I don't want to just go through the motions anymore. So one of the first things that I would encourage you today to do is to take a look at your values. You know, what are your values? And, and when you look at your values, how am I seeing my purpose in these values? You know, how is this getting played out? And this can be from, a, you know, as a student, as you're sitting there going, you know, why is it important for me to be in school? What am I, why am I doing this? But, but it's deeper than the why, that's motivation. 
you know, purpose goes, um, digs a, a little bit more at your core to find out what's really important to you. So that's what I would say, you know, chart your course, figure out your purpose and know your values. Okay. Now, now um, dealing with different students, when they, when they come into school, some, some of them at the very young age, 16, 17, 18 years old, when you start, you know, the college career, because we do have, uh, you know, uh, high school students as well here on campus. Um, and the, the starting point for each and every one of them is different, meaning that they, some of them, they have support at home, uh, the household that they're living in, it's not identical, you know, situations, some of them. Um, I mean, there's a different situation when they come in. And now as a school and as faculty, what can we do to, to if somebody does like lack the support that they need uh, to deal with these type of situation, what can we do as faculty and as a school at large to help the students who do not have the support coming into to, to school? Yep, and I'm gonna take you in a different direction there because I think that what you're looking at is that faculty have been doing that and that's led to compassion fatigue because they're trying so hard to help these students and to provide um, any help they can, which is awesome and outstanding, right? That's what we want to do. Um, but then you get to the point where it's just like, I, I don't know what else to do because what I'm trying to do isn't making an impact. Um, what I would say to the faculty member is uh, you can still have academic standards that you want to hold your students to, but maybe utilizing a little bit of grace on those areas in your classroom that don't need to be so tight. You know, um, if a student can't make it during office hours, but they have questions, you know, being flexible in meeting with them. If a student is saying, um, I need to drop my child off every day, and so I'm going to be 15 minutes late for class, instead of just tolerating that, working with the student to see is like, are there any other solutions that we can come up with because it's important, a value that you should have is that you're here for the entire class because that's why you're why you're in class. So then, then um, so instead of commiserating with the, the student, shifting that to more problem solving. And, and that's where I would encourage a faculty to think outside the box a little bit and, and to um, look for opportunities that you can make those changes. So if a student is chronically coming in 15 minutes late or they have to leave 15 minutes early, 15 minutes, right? Not 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 a half hour, 15 minutes. You know, what let me supplement your learning with I have an online class and here let me send you some of those assignments so you get that information. You know, or here's YouTube videos or TED Talks that might allow you to get some insight into this and to to on your own time write these responses. That's the new kind of innovative thinking that's within your control that you're helping the student, right? Um, but at the same token, and I'm gonna segue into the next you know, staple of overcoming burnout is practicing compassion. You know, uh, and, and showing compassion to the student, but also showing compassion to you as the individual. And as a student, if you are feeling as though I'm not performing that I to the great to the best of my ability, I'm not putting my best self 
forward in the classroom is, is to tread lightly on your soul, not pour guilt on yourself, um, to understand that you're trying the best that you can and, and um, to allow, again, that, that grace that, that comes in of this isn't my best work. You've talked to your instructor. You've talked to the professor. You've explained the situation to them so that you can move yourself forward without stopping. And as a faculty member looking at I can I can continue to get the grades in to provide the feedback for students. It might not be as thorough as I normally like it to be, but I'm okay with that. And I'm just gonna let that go for now. And okay. that's what I mean by looking at that compassion. Okay. Now let me say something about uh, our school and the Alamo Colleges at large and more you know, two-year colleges. Um, the majority of the students are part-time, part-time students. Uh, do you think being a part-time and not being living in a four-year institutions and then and, and, um, living at the dorm and living that full college life, does that have an impact on the level of anxiety going up or going down? The fact that they are part-time and then they are, many of them, they work and and they do all those things aside from being in school. They're not the full-time students per se. Does that have any impact uh, on, on uh, their well-being as students and then as uh, as part of the uh, academic institution? I, I think it's a different skill set. Okay. Um, I think that what you're looking at is um, a part-time student has a lot more time management issues that they need to juggle. So instead of a, a, a traditional student at a four-year institution living on, on the campus, everybody in their world understands that their priority is their education. When you have a part-time student living at home that hasn't left their day-to-day -day environment, school and education becomes a part of their world. And now they have to juggle in, okay, this is a priority. How do I manage this? How do I get all of these things done? And so it's, it's um, I think it, 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 it either can be anxiety producing, but I think with the part-time student, um, there's less time to kind of be in the moment. Um, and that's, you know, going back to compassion, you know, with compassion is saying, if, you, if you're racing all the time and you're running all the time and you're juggling all these different things and you're running from class to over here to running to, you know, dealing with family issues and then you get in the classroom, I would just really encourage you to be present. Wherever you are at that moment, that's where you'll be. You know, instead of sitting in the classroom and going through that checklist of everything that you need to do, you walk out of the class, and you're like, well, I didn't get anything out of that. You know, be where you are at that moment, you know. Um, coupled with that is feel the emotions that you're feeling and when you're feeling them, acknowledge them, and then, you know, kind of recenter back. You know, so it's like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling so anxious right now. I'm feeling so overwhelmed right now. No, 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 I can't do that. I can't do that. I don't have time for it. Yeah, you do. Take a couple of minutes to go, oh my gosh, I am feeling so overwhelmed, so anxious right now. <sighs> I'm going to listen to this lecture right now. I'm going to be present right now. That problem will still exist when I leave and I can, you know, so, so um, understanding that 
multitasking in all different areas are going to scatter your brain. So when you can take a moment to be someplace, be there completely. Okay. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, it's, it's really uh, a lot of times dealing with those type of issues and what do we do about it? It's easier said than done because it, it just hits everybody in a different way. And again, uh, we had discussions a lot with faculty and with different people that actually deal with students and even the administration. It's not just the faculty that deals with the students and then uh, staff and then administrators as well. Um, and a lot of time, for instance, in, in, in our you know, vantage point, you said like be, be in the moment and try to detect certain things and avoid them before they actually happen. Sometimes actually it becomes a problem because when you're in high school, you are learned, you're learning as to, to kind of micromanage the student's life and tell them, oh, here's the homework you do. And then you, you are more involved in the student's life by, by nature, that's by design, that's just the way it is. And when you're in college, I think we need to develop some kind of mechanism is, is to, to be more involved, but not too involved because they are in college, you know? Mm -hmm. So maybe like check in, uh, once a week or something, somebody did not turn in something, or if you, if, if you see like, a, like in my case, what I do, and I talk about that with the faculty as well, uh, with colleagues, is when you see something that's uh, somebody who's, who's always on time, somebody always does things, and then especially in a 16-week interval, 16 weeks, you get to know the, the people, mm -hmm. like whoever comes in first, uh, whoever comes in last, somebody is, is always late, somebody turned in the assignment, always half-baked, whatever the case might be, right? Mm -hmm. So I think when you see a paradigm shift in their behavior, you, I think this is the time for you to kind of like, okay, I think it's a sign for me to kind of like maybe send in just a, a casual email like, hey, uh, I haven't seen you in class uh, in the past uh, week. Uh, is everything okay? Right. And a right. lot of times when you do that, wreaks a lot of benefits. I mean, and then if they don't respond, then you can actually take it to the higher level. But a lot of times, and also the school does a lot of like a midway um, check in with the students and everything like a risk management report and everything else that we do. Uh, right. And that becomes very beneficial. A lot of times people are really not doing very well. And because of that, that connection that you had with them, they were able to actually able to come back and then join the fold and then um, pass the class and do whatever it is that they needed to do uh, to, to, to get things done, so. Well, and you just mentioned another tool in the in the in the overcoming burnout, which is seek out connections. Yes. You know, and and as you just said, you know, I think this was one of the biggest disadvantages from COVID. You know, that we just lost that connection. We lost that ability to come into a class and sit down next to somebody and have a conversation with them. To walk into a meeting, you know, early. I don't care that the Zoom meeting was open early. There's something about turning to the person next to you and having that conversation about whatever. And I think that those connections can help us feel engaged. And those connections can help people and students persevere. You know, and so what I would recommend to faculty is you know, yes, extending out that email every now and again, having that personal connection, but maybe thinking a little bit, again, outside the box of, hey, you know what, why don't we have a government, you know, um, roundtable, you know, every, every Wednesday night, and we're going to serve pizza, and we're going to just talk. Um, you know, philosophy did this one night of, hey, let's watch a movie together, and we can analyze the movie. Well, take out the analyzing of it. Let's just throw up movies, you know, like a book club, but a movie club, just to come together, eat popcorn, be with one another, and just chat and, and 
I think that's another opportunity that faculty can really facilitate um, in order to develop this greater sense of community that we have lost. COVID has has taken that away from us, there's no doubt. So, you know, if you want to look at it as majors, hey, let's bring all the psychology majors together. Let's form not a psychology club, but an identity of these are my people. This is who I like to hang with. Hey, did you see, you know, the latest, you know, article on or, hey, what do you think about, um, I, I mean, Johnny Depp's case that's happening? I mean, just, just anything like that on a regular, consistent basis. So you can count on it every day at noon at lunchtime, you know, we're going to have 15 minutes and we're going to power walk it out on there, you know, just that connection. I think that that's where I think that faculty um, can really start to make an impact on bringing students back, helping them feel comfortable by doing this faculty or helping themselves because that's one of the elements that's needed in order to come um, burnout is that sense of connection because then you hear directly from 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 the students from other faculty either you're not alone in how you feel right or here's my success story and I, it's important to share those now now I'm just gonna kind of lead me to a final question in here um, from a psychology standpoint from a professional standpoint with someone dealing with the same type of issue and you're helping somebody else deal with the same kind of problem isn't that a way like you are self-soothing you are helping yourself by helping others even though they're dealing with the same kind of anxiety issues like as yeah. a faculty dealing with anxiety no one is immune from this as a faculty you are you know you feel the same the same things and then by reaching out uh dealing with other faculties and help them cope with their situations and then with the students in a way, that's an it's like a, a self cleansing kind of way, isn't it? Yes, that's compassion. You know that compa the compassion of of um, I don't want to say commiserating, but um, it can be very validating and it can be um, um, very helpful because our natural tendency, right, when somebody brings a problem to us, and some more than others, you know. There is a gender difference here, but when you bring a pro problem to a male, they immediately tend to go into problem solving, you know, but we all do that. If somebody brings a problem to you, you want to find the solution. And so you'll find that somebody is experiencing the same thing that you just did in the classroom. You're like, oh my gosh, yes. You know, and then have you tried this? Have you tried that? You know, but it, it's definitely um, that way of, of knowing you're not alone, you know, knowing that um, this isn't something personal to you right. um, can really help. The, the one caveat that I would say with this is that if you want to vent to somebody, and, and I'll do this in, in my personal life with my husband, I'll be like, I need to vent. Time me. I don't want to vent for more than 10 minutes because then it becomes counterproductive. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say all this junk and I'm going to get it out of my system and then cut me off um, because then it's no longer productive. And so that would be the one caveat that I would just say is if you're talking to somebody, make certain that you stop it at a point and move on to um, finding solutions or moving on to a different topic even. Well, I'm going to find this one to be the perfect segue to stop talking about the issue, right? And yeah. analyze and have, have uh, you know, people uh, listen to it and understand exactly the situation we're dealing with. 
Um, I just want to really, really thank you for taking the time uh, of your very, very busy day uh, to talk about this very, very important issue. And then one last thought about this. And no one is immune from this. I mean, we should we should just be uh, creating uh, and then uh, um, flourishing an environment that actually allows people to come in and there's not to have a stigma with someone having issues um, with with that type of situation. You want to call it, you know, um, emotional well-being, mental health issues, mm-hmm. uh, not to have a stigma regarding that. And then kind of like open the, the, the doors for the people to come in and vet, as you mentioned, and then try to help them and then into finding a pathway. No one is immune. And then all we have to do is uh, just like real life situation, no one is gonna not have problems in life, but the difference between the people that make it and the people who do not make it in life is the people that actually you have to find a good mechanism, a good way to manage problem and -hmm. not to impede your progress in whichever field you're in. You know, you know, Family issues, uh, professional issues. You just have to. No one is. No one is going to have the magic wand in in avoiding problems from taking place. All you have to do is just develop some kind of mechanism to deal with those, and then to kind of just prevail despite the fact that we have challenges, as we all do. Yeah, so. it's it, it, it's life balance, and you and to understand that life balance means your physical, your emotional, your spiritual, and your mental well being. All of those four factors, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, and the mental well-being all come together. And you'll have ebbs and flows of, of times when it's more intense than not. But to understand that that's what makes life in balance and feeling those emotions are good. Um, when it becomes debilitating, that's when you stop and go, I can't make this alone. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Sharon. I really appreciate it. And then maybe down the line, not in the not too distant future, we can have another episode and maybe we can deal with the resiliency issues as well, if you don't mind. And uh, thank you for taking the time. Uh, It was really a great uh, encounter. And then uh, I really appreciate everything you've done for us. Thank you. And then thank you very much. I appreciate it. Welcome. I'll be back with concluding thoughts in a few minutes. Thank you. Thank you for joining us at Polytalk EDU. We just concluded the episode regarding mental health and emotional well-being. Together, we should continue this conversation and keep this topic alive and then keep talking about it because no one is immune from this. We could better serve our communities and uh, the society at large by, by talking about this issue. And one last thing I want to say, it's okay to say, let's talk about mental health and remove the stigma. Thank you.